It's Friday the 13th. Halloween is only a couple of weeks away. What does that mean? That means it's Scary Terry season. Is this the week Terry McLaurin, the ghost, finally breaks out? We'll break it all down on today's Daily Commanders update for Friday the 13th. Let's go. Greetings and salutations and welcome to your Daily Commanders update here on Ref the District. I am the stoner. We are a proud member of the Believe Network. Make sure you like and subscribe this video. And if you are listening on audio, make sure you leave a review and a five-star rating, if you wish. Any kind of rating, but a five-star would be great. Let's get right into the Daily Commanders update here for Friday the 13th of October in the year of our Lord 2023. Okay, we've got a few things. Let's get a couple of things out of the way in terms of Practice today was just a regular practice in preparation for the Atlanta game. And, of course, uh, we want to talk about injuries. That's what we always want to look forward to before the game on Sunday. Uh, Washington's injury report here is Christian Holmes with his hamstring. He's going to be out. We already know about, of course, Derek Forrest and um, uh, Jeremy Reeves being put on IR for at least – so they'll be out at least four weeks, maybe more especially with Reeves with his uh, with his knee issue and um, Forrest with his shoulder, broken clavicle. That doesn't sound great. I think it's going to be a little longer in four weeks. Now you've got Christian Holmes, who is a depth piece back there in the secondary. Washington's going to be pretty thin in the secondary against Atlanta. Good thing they're not going up against, say, Philadelphia or uh, Buffalo, you know, with a couple, two, three dynamic receivers. I'm not saying Atlanta's receivers can't win and they're not super dynamic, but they're just not as dynamic as these other squads. Drake London, he's a problem. Kyle Pitts, he's a problem. Jonu Smith, he's a problem. Bijan, all right, look, they're problems, but they're just not as dynamic as some of these other squads. So look for a lot of moves coming this weekend in terms of what's going on in the defensive backfield about guys coming up from the practice squad. It's going to be a lot of moving parts. Uh, we'll have uh, always keeping you up to date on information like that. Then you see uh, F.A. Obata is questionable. They're going to evaluate him on Saturday. Um, he His window is now open for the 21 days, the three weeks, to where they can decide they're either going to sign him back to the uh, roster or bring him back onto the roster off of IR, or they're going to have to put him on season-ending end, injury list. It's trending towards when he's going to come back, not if he's going to come back. That's why they opened the window. Could be as early as this week. And again, that's going to mean a lot of roster movement this weekend. So keep an eye on that. We'll we'll also uh, help you keep an eye on that. Uh, Next, of course, is the full injury report for both teams. You can see on there that Christian Holmes did not practice for Washington. And F.A. Obata, Curtis Hodges, Leno, Samuel are all full participants um, with Obata being the only questionable one of those. And, of course, uh, Christian Holmes is not going to play on Sunday. For Atlanta, they only got three guys on their list, and they all participated fully today. So Bud Dupree, Caleb McCrary, and, or McGarry, sorry, and Janu Smith all practiced fully today, so expect them to play on Sunday. So let's get to what we talked about here in the opening, and that is Scary Terry, the ghost. It's Friday the 13th weekend. Halloween's just in a couple of weeks. So maybe it's time for him to finally break out this year because as much as we love Terry, and I love Terry, everybody loves Terry, super happy that he got 
that big contract. He absolutely deserved it. He's always been a top 15 guy with 10 different quarterbacks in the four years he's played here, something something like that. This is year five. So he deserved all the money that he got. Glad he's here. This year, he's not necessarily producing. I'm not putting it all on Terry. I'm just saying that's what happens. When you're not producing, you start looking at the numbers and what's going on. He's 36th in targets in the NFL. There's 32 teams. So somebody on other teams, their number two receivers, their number three receivers are getting targeted more than Terry McLaurin. That's got to change. That needs to change to be 36th in the league in targets. I lied. It's 32nd. I misread my own handwriting. You know what it is? You see this light over here? You see these lights? It really bugs the crap out of me, these lights. I've got window shades. I don't You see that? You see that right there? That's a window shade. Oh, blinds, whatever. Why is it not blocking the light? And same over here. I'm going to get new blinds maybe this weekend. So that's why I couldn't read what the correct number was. He's tied for 32nd, and he only has 31 targets through five games. So that's not enough. It's just not enough targets uh, for Terry McLaurin, as good as he is. We all know he's good. Is it because of his toe injury that he suffered in that final preseason game? I doubt it. He hasn't been listed on an injury report for any game this season. So he hasn't said anything about it. So let's take the toe out of it. Is it Sam Howell constantly getting pressure? Is it lack of a running game, constantly throwing the ball? All these things. I don't know what exactly it is. It's a combination of everything. EB likes to spread the ball around. EB likes to throw to tight ends, whatever it is. When other receivers on other teams who are their best player, they get targeted 15 to 20 times a game. You can do that with Terry McLaurin. Jamar Chase, you know, is the main target for Joe Burrow. You know that. They still find a way to target him. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, on and on and on. With all these receivers, they still get the targets. A.J. Brown, they still get the targets. And that's what Washington needs to do. They have to figure out a way to target Terry Moore. You know what he can do after the catch. But he's tied for 18th with only 25 catches so far this year. He's on target for 375, 80 catches. I mean, that's good. That's not great. 261 yards he's got, which is tied for 35th. Again, there's number two and number three receivers who have more receiving yards than Terry McLaurin. And he's only got the one touchdown. Zero drops. He has not dropped a pass this year. Target Terry McLaurin more. We said it last year. We said it the year before. We'll say it again this year. They should design... 15 to 20 plays that Terry McLaurin is the target every single game because he is dynamic. Maybe this is the weekend that they finally do that. And his overall grade in PFF, love it or leave it with PFF, he's uh, 48th overall for receivers in PFF. That kind of says maybe he's not quite getting open as much as he should be. But look, you figure it out. You, he's dynamic receiver. He's one of the best route runners in the entire NFL. EB, figure it out and target Terry McLaurin 
15 times per game. End of story. Let's move on. Next topic uh, I'm going to bring up here is uh, concerning the defense. The defense, of course, is the talk of Washington, Jack Del Rio, whether he should be fired, what's going on with this defense who was top five last year and really did nothing except add to that defense, what's going on with them. In this article from Nick Ackridge, Nick says, despite the commander's overwhelming success in zone coverages, they often try and become a more aggressive, man-heavy team each season. That has led to Del Rio's defense to get off to notoriously slow starts. And then he's got an article in there. I highly encourage you to go to that article. You're going to see a link here in the um, in, in the, what, the description of this video. You're going to see a link for that article. It's a fantastic article. Basically, it says when Washington plays zone, their defense is excellent. When Washington plays man, the defense struggles. And yet some reason, every year, Jack Del Rio starts off playing man. This year, he's playing a ton of man-to-man coverage early in the season. He's got to stop playing man coverage as much as he does. You know, they mix it up. I'm not saying he goes in there. But you saw basically all those big plays that have happened to this team is because they're playing man. And Emmanuel Forbes is not good at man coverage. He's his own coverage guy. Now, he played some man at Mississippi State, but most of the time he played in the zone. That's where he excels. Stick with that. Stick with what works for these guys. It's like bringing William Jackson over here who excelled at man, and then you try to get him to play zone. Then what'd you draft Emmanuel Forbes for? Then what did you sign William Jackson for if you knew that? You're trying to fit guys into your scheme instead of creating a scheme that works to their strengths. That's what he should be doing, and hopefully that's what he starts doing starting this week against Atlanta. Last thoughts on Atlanta coming in to this week, of course. Sunday, 1 o'clock. We're going to have our game preview. It's going to come out tomorrow at 3 o'clock with Will McFadden from the Believe in Falcons. Really good insight into Desmond Ritter, into Kyle Pitts, and into B. John Robinson. As I talked about earlier in the Daily Commanders update, those guys are pretty dynamic players. Bijan is that dude. He's already proven it five games into his NFL career. Kyle Pitts was not used properly, some are saying. I'm not inside with, uh, with the Falcons, but Will McFadden talks about how he wasn't used properly. He was playing too much tight end. He's more of a receiver. He's a big receiver, basically. So those are some of the things we got to watch out for come Sunday. Atlanta's 3 and 2. I think they're a little bit of a fraudulent 3 and 2. They've beaten Houston, Green Bay, Carolina. Combined record of 4 and 11 of the three teams they beat. They ain't that good. And the two games they lost, Detroit and Jacksonville, they scored 6 points and 7 points. Their offense is not great at scoring, mostly because of their quarterback with Desmond Ritter. He had a great game last week. Did he turn the corner or was that an outlier? We're going to find out this Sunday. Really excited about the game. Make sure you check us out on Saturday for the game preview. And then, of course, make sure you come back on Sunday. We're going to have the game 
on with us. We're going to watch it live. We're going to give you play-by-play analysis, reactions, all that. It's always a blast. you got to come and check that out. And, of course, on Monday, oh, we'll have our instant reaction right after the game. Those have been uh, pretty popular. Monday is our day after reckoning. Tuesday, another daily commander's unit, uh, daily commander's update. I've said unit a few times. I don't know where that comes from. Then on uh, Wednesday, we have our flagship program live, 7.30 p.m. Thursday, daily commander's update. Friday, daily commander's update. Every single day, we've got content for you all. So we appreciate you all checking in. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you share this. Let people know about Ref the District and what we're doing and all the good content, hopefully, that we're providing you. It's entertaining. We have a lot of fun. We do it because we love it. And we also do it because we get good responses from you all and you all seem to like it. So we're going to continue doing it. And if you're listening on audio, again, make sure you give us a rating, leave a comment, all that good stuff. We, again, I can't stress this enough. We appreciate everybody and we try to respond to every comment that everybody gives. And so uh, it's on to Atlanta again, game preview tomorrow. We hope to uh, talk to you then see you then. Hopefully you check us out. We'll see you Sunday live for Commanders versus Falcons. And until next time, be a fan.